Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. The Crit Show contains elements of horror, fantasy violence, and adult language. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. thing y'all ever seen in a walmart (laughs) well person place or thing any i suppose i we're gonna dive right into it i saw a guy shit himself in front of me wearing sweatpants at walmart (laughs) yeah (laughs) neat what did you do i switched lanes that's (laughs) what did he do it tried to ignore it that's oh i was gonna say like did he just keep moving or did he panic he was wearing yellow sweatpants oh no yeah God, that's awful. Yeah. When you say in front of you, how close in front of you? Next person. Oh, no. Was he making eye contact? No. <laughs> but I always leave room because like, he had like the little bar down for his stuff. So there was you know, like the distance between Megan and I. But when you're in a very public setting, a place where you're not, let's say, expecting to hear someone shit. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. Everyone becomes aware of it. Because it's a sound that's not in its proper location. Yeah. I deeply regret asking this question. (laughs) I was just, I was going to say goats. We saw a pair of goats in a Walmart today. Though they were wearing diapers, so they may have been shitting themselves. They were better off. no way for us to know. They were better off than yellow sweatpants. Yeah. Yeah. God, Tass, do you have one? Can you save this? Do you have a palate Can you bring us up out of this? Uh, I did see some baby capuchin monkeys at a Kroger a couple weeks ago. Oh, I'm so jealous. There we go. That's a nice palate cleanser. (laughs) They were so cute, too. I couldn't stand it. Kim, a Walmart is a type of grocery store. Um, (laughs) Um, I I was going to say, I think that my wasp upbringing is on full display when I say, I don't believe I've ever set foot inside of a Walmart. I I honestly just assumed that was the case, and that's why I asked Tass specifically if he had one. I love that, like, I feel like I'm on the opposite spectrum of that because every time I go into a Target, I look around and I'm like, I don't belong here. <laughs> so I'm just waiting for them to kick me out. <laughs> this is highfalutin. I can maybe get away in a Meyer, but not a Target. Yeah. Not in a Target. <laughs> it's wild. Meyer used to be like our high school degenerate grocery store haunt because it was 24 hours. Mm. And so... We'd be in and out of a mire at like 2 to 4 a.m. And that's where we did belong. And <laughs> yeah. now it's like being an adult. It's like Meyer's like the fancy one. I don't know. <laughs> and it's not 24 hours anymore. So there's it's certainly no place for me. Yeah, we used to go to Walmart in the middle of the night on like Orland Terp trips because that was the only time we'd be near one <laughs> at night. But we'd go into a Walmart at like 1 a.m. to get fancy clothes for our presentations and then just... Put on earmuffs and like race carts around. And I'd still do that, to be honest. That sounds like a good time. And that's like that post where it's like, you've got Goldeneye on the TV, 
You've got a gallon of Mountain Dew. You are 37 years old. The year is 2023. <laughs> we used to do a thing, and Task came with us sometimes, but it was more so Ryan and I, but we would go to Walmart at midnight every Tuesday night when they were putting out the new movies for Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Don't know why. Like they were still, we'd still be able to buy them the next day. But <laughs> so we would stand there and watch the guy put out movies and and pick from what he was putting out and buy them. Well, that there's Tuesdays. I mean, we were already up because we had uh, rehearsal with the improv troupe, and then Until we'd gone 11. to play Halo, yeah. and then we're just up. So you might as well. Yeah, man, I miss that. What's the last midnight release any of you went to? Uh, I mean, I had to get up to go to the bathroom last night. Does that count? (laughs) We were out of the bathroom humor. We were safe. (laughs) The four of you and your companions are out to explore the bustling settlement slash paramilitary outpost of Fort Ghost Hollow. What are you all looking to do to prepare for the next leg of your trip? Um, I think I'm just wandering and and chatting with people people you know wherever it might seem like not a weird place you know i'm not like just grabbing people walking down the street or whatever but um if there seems like there's a place to sit and relax some sort of a you know a bar or something like that and um i just would like to chat some of these people up and ask about more stories things that might remind me of cam like you know i i know we've kind of done this research and um, figured out what we what we can about him. But there's just still that idea in my head of like, how does this work? Are there more of these like natural forces that aren't exactly monstrous, but are monstrous and so on? So this town is primarily Iron Striders, but not exclusively. Um, you know, people travel through this area. Some people reside on the outskirts of Fort Ghost Hollow. And this is like where they come in to do their day-to-day business. Um, so there is like an option for just consulting the Iron Striders at the places that they hang out that are like their mess hall and stuff like that. And there's the option to consult like the ones who are off duty and the other townsfolk. That would be more of the conventional saloon. Um, Are you leaning either direction? I think more the actual Iron Striders mess hall. Um, You know, it, it seems like they've seen the most shit. You know, they've, they've been out the most ranged the most, um, yeah, I, I feel like they would have the most stories or at least, you know, even if it's not, I saw this or I saw that, maybe they've even heard stories from others, uh, around this place. Cool. And are you bringing up what you know about Cam? Like, are you referencing Cam specifically? Are you telling them what you have surmised or speculated so far? Or are you just really kind of putting out loose feelers for stories? Yeah. I didn't get any vibe that we're trying to explicitly hide him away. And, you know, we know that these people are more or less on our side. So, yeah, I I think I would. All right. So you are able to head into the Iron Striders mess hall. Um, You guys have kind of unique access here because you've been vouched for by Dawson. Uh, So you are able to go to these what would typically be restricted areas to other just like out-of-towners or non-members. And you settle in and you're able to start shooting the shit with some of these Iron Striders, some of them start feeding you stories, you start giving them details what you know about Cam, and one who has had her back turned to you for most of the time sitting at a nearby table, she pipes up without turning to face you, but you can see that she's kind of a imposing silhouette, she's pretty stocky, she's got red hair that's in a braid, and she says, so you think the Batman might be a harbinger of death, or death itself? Yeah, I mean, I think something like that, like, 
you know, that sort of natural order version as opposed to like some omen of of doom, you know, not some like evil essence, but just natural kind of flow. She uh, sets down her fork on her tray and she turns to face you and Tass, you recognize her. This is Ingrid, the leader of the Iron Striders who you met in Alpo. Oh my God. My, <laughs> my instinct is always to just be like, hey, but that's not a thing. What do you think on that? Like, are there other physical manifestations of like the natural order? Aye, there are. Although typically they're just out and about doing their thing. Not really something that can be interfered with. Not on a scale like that. Though, if this is as important and fundamental of a force as you say, surely it would have had a manifest effect on something in our world in the time that it's been disturbed. Though from what I know, there's been no shortage of people dying. But maybe he's not the one who claims them. Maybe he's involved somewhere else in the process. Okay, so if our guy has been corrupted like this, he's losing his memory, are you saying that there's like a task he should be also doing? Like, I know just going about his sort of natural day is what he would be doing anyway, but there is like a fundamental task that would be associated with that if he remembered everything? Hell, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, well, fair, okay. I mean, let's think about what supposedly is involved in dying. Granted, we have things like ghosts here, so it's not exactly that you just die and move on, but you don't stay in your body. So what else could there be? People are dying. If I shot you right now, you'd die. What else could he be doing then if it's not coming and claiming your soul? If you like, we can go look into some of our documentation on ghosts, post-death phenomena, see if anything has changed at any point. That's incredible. I don't think we considered it from that angle. We were more trying to understand the what and not the how. So I think now is a good time for how. What's your name? Tass. She holds out a hand to shake. I shake it back. Cold iron. Ingrid cold iron. Come on. I'll show you what our records are. Lead the way. Kim, what are you up to? This is a brand new town, which means a whole bunch of new people who can maybe tell me something about the mysterious handsome stranger in the red bandana who's possibly operating out of Bronze Chapel. Okay. Uh, Similar question. Where exactly are you looking for this information? Are you sticking to like Iron Strider specific facilities or are you talking to the townsfolk and the off-duty people and whatnot? Ooh, that's a good question. I think I'm going to talk to the townsfolk. They seem a little more likely to spread rumors. Sure. Where are you headed then? Where are you looking for this information? Probably the saloon, I would guess. Yeah, you head into the saloon. Um, It is bustling. There are plenty of what look like off-duty iron striders and plenty of what look like townsfolk or passers through in here. Uh, It's fairly rowdy. And, you know, it had been explained to you that kind of the further east you travel around the anvil, the more kind of lawless and wild it gets. This is a good taste of that. There's plenty of racket. There are people like fist fighting in a corner, but then like <laughs> hugging it out. And I mean, there's I there's, piano, there's wild <laughs> piano music playing and uh, glasses smashing on the piano and the pianist doesn't pause for a moment. Like it's it's pretty gnarly in here. But you are able to grab a seat at the bar, uh, start chatting with the barkeep and the folks nearby and describing the mysterious stranger. Oh yeah, I'm pulling out like a very artfully done sketch of him that I've done in my sketchbook. I've had a lot of time to think about his face and his eyes. A theoretical nude. You're not sure what he looks like naked, <laughs> yeah. but you've, you've taken your best guess. You can see here that he's got a 14-pack. 
<laughs> I was thinking that earlier when she was describing what she wants to do. Is like, I'm going to go pursue the cloaked, theoretically handsome stranger. Yeah. <laughs> he had a really, like, from, from sort of like forehead to like the top of his nose, very uh-huh. handsome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe what you've been given is solely and exclusively he had brooding eyes. I think that's the only thing you know. You're really <laughs> extrapolating. <laughs> Please let me paint my own word picture, Jake. (laughs) He had brooding eyes and a great fashion sense. That's all I need to know. That's plenty. I feel like he'd be like a strong but kind lover. I say all of this to the bartender. Yeah, yeah. And and they're they're all like, yeah, yeah, I think that's true. They're all like, we can't wait to find out one day. (laughs) <laughs> um, no, one of the uh, the off-duty Iron Striders who is sitting next to you at the bar does chime in uh, that he knows who you're talking about. Yeah, I heard him. He, uh, well, I mean, there's been plenty of sightings of him, specifically around the flats, although occasionally outside of this territory. Uh, gunslinger type, real secretive. I don't think anybody's ever really gotten to exchange words with him, but we've taken to calling him Sharp Shot. Sharp shot. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Anything more you can tell me about him? Well, his work's known to overlap with ours. Like occasionally some of us will be deployed to deal with the phenomenon or scenario and we'll either find him already there working on it or he'll turn up partway through. Although it always kind of seems like he's, well, like it's a stopover for him. Like maybe this is not a waste of his time exactly because he stops to do it, but it always seems like he'd rather be doing something else and I don't know, like he just got caught up in whatever we see him doing. Hmm, okay. Certainly not a talkative fellow, though. Again, I don't think I know anybody who's ever actually spoken with him, but he seems benevolent. He's helpful, just maybe a little bit curmudgeonly, miserly. Love his red bandana, though. (laughs) Okay, well, that's a start. I have his name, or at least his sobriquet, and kind of how he operates. That's more than I knew before coming here. Why are you so interested in him anyway? You ever run in with him? We did. He uh, saved the lives of myself and my traveling companions from a headless horseman that was found out in Montfair. Oh, shoot. You seen the horseman, huh? Oh, oh yeah. We got real, real up close and personal with the horseman. Was like dead set on trying to kill me and my friend. Why? What'd you do? Well, uh, we we made it rain holy water. How? Power prayer, baby. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, come on, you're yanking my chain. That's that. <laughs> I swear, I swear, made it rain holy water. That's a heck of a trick. Well, I don't think it's one we could repeat, but thank you. Oh, I wonder if I could. I wonder if I could replicate that. Yeah, I mean that horseman seems like it's the object of his ire. Like when I say that, you know, he just seems inconvenienced when he deals with anything else we're handling. It kind of just seems like it's always something getting between him and that horseman. Well, that means my chances of running into him seem pretty high. I'm not sure the horseman is done with us just yet. Whew. Boy, you better exercise a mite of caution out there than that horseman. It's unlike anything else we ever deal with. And it don't come up very often. Or at least we don't come across it very often. But when we do, hell, it'll cut us down like butter. Just don't seem like it has any particular eyes for us. More like just chaos and destruction in general. If you're marked, if it's looking for you in particular, fuck, I wouldn't want to be you. Well, to assuage your worries, we are planning on leaving this town sooner rather than later. Oh, hell, I hadn't even considered that. But yeah, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. Hey, I'm going to go drink somewhere else. (laughs) Maybe a little bit further away from you. That's fine. Megan, what are you up to? I want to learn some more about the horsemen. Okay. Where are you seeking information? 
I feel like very similar to Kim. The saloon is the most likely place to find people who are willing to gossip. So, I mean, I think I am being a little more just like grabbing random people (laughs) and maybe talking about the fact that like we've already run into him before. And since he comes from Bronze Chapel, which we assume is somewhere close to here, I feel like it might be more likely uh, that folks around here have seen him more often. So, yeah, just just asking people about sightings of him and uh, finding out about Bronze Chapel. All right. Uh, I think Cassidy actually accompanies you to the saloon. Uh, Her shift is over at this point. She's now off duty and she's as intrigued by you as you are to learn things in this town. So uh, both of you are able to head to the saloon and you are able to start chatting with her among the other people in the saloon. Um, And I imagine that you are hearing some of this conversation that Kim is having also, uh, and probably just the whole tone of conversation in this pub turns to talk of the horsemen and like ghost stories and these encounters in general. Similar to Cam, um, you know, there are people in here who have stories of the horsemen and a lot of them are like third hand or fourth hand. Um, A couple of them, like the person sitting next to Kim have like, first or secondhand stories you know again there are plenty of off-duty iron striders in here that is the kind of thing that they have to deal with that they get called out to handle some of the speculation here is that sharp shot does take up residence in bronze chapel um and cassidy mentions yeah we've tried to track him down we've sent contingents out there to see if we could locate this guy i mean if for no other reason then he seems like he'd make a hell of an iron strider but we ain't been able to find him I mean, you know, there's plenty of folks in Bronze Chapel. It's just hard to know which one might be him if he's one of the residents. Uh, tell me a bit about Bronze Chapel. You say plenty of people live there. How big is it? What kind of buildings do they have? What's their vibe? Chapels. Bronze chapels. Lots of them. Everybody lives in a Bronze Chapel. <laughs> as far as the eye can see. It's one Bronze Chapel and everyone lives inside of it. It's like it's like Mega City or whatever from Judge Dredd. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you specified because that's... Instantly, what I thought, I thought, oh, Bronze Chapel, it's a, there's a church and it's, you know, copper colored from the dust. And every, oh, oh, there's more than two people. Oh, there's a lot of people in this church. <laughs> uh, she says, oh, I mean, it's not as big as Fort Ghost Hollow here as far as settlements go. But, you know, like a lot of places out here that you've probably noticed as you've been traveling along the tracks, it's, well, people tend to spread out. You know, there's, there's land, people want their land. And so folks that reside within the quote-unquote town limits is a little bit more scarce than folks that probably would still consider Bronze Chapel their home. It's kind of what you might think of as like a like a frontier relic almost. See, Bronze Chapel was one of the first places that folks settled out here in the Jackalope Flats, and it was a long time ago. It was before things got quite so weird out here. So there's a church, a chapel, what the town is named for. There are a handful of houses and shops, and it probably looks similar to the places you saw back over in Montfair, except a little bit tarnished, a little bit run down. And, uh, you know, the folks that have still stuck around there are the ones who had enough grit to keep up with what's going on in the flats. But at its inception, Bronze Chapel was kind of like Montfair trying to spread east. Just the weirdness was stronger than they were. Gotcha. Do they have a, a mayor? Not to my knowledge, they don't. They're fairly self-governing. I think they tend to be a fairly religious group, though. What with being founded based on that church and all, they might just look to the preacher for leadership, whereas we might look to a mayor. Oh, uh, what can you tell me about the preacher? Well, don't know much about him neither. I know that he used to be more outgoing, more 
charismatic. He used to put himself out in the community. And then, from what I understand, he suffered a tragedy. He lost his family. And seems like that really took the wind out of his sails. So I believe he's become a little bit more like a hermit ever since. That's terrible. What's his name? Harrison. Okay. Um, man, that that's awful that he lost his family. Was it was it an accident? Was it a attack? She kind of like looks past your shoulder towards the front doors where there is a bulletin board. Uh, and she stands up and walks over there and rips a piece of paper down off of it and comes back over, sits down and sets it on the table in front of you. Uh, and it is a wanted poster. And she says, they were killed by an outlaw. It's been a long time, but never have caught him. Uh, and you can see an image on this wanted poster of an enormous guy. Uh, he's got a shaved head. He's got a scarred up face. And the poster says, wanted, dead or alive, Walter Malone, a.k.a. Slaughter. Oh, no. Such a fucking good idea <laughs> to use other versions of characters from other stories. God damn it. That's so good. <laughs> Rev's like, Walter Malone from my home game of Hero Salad. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, that's, that's like one of my favorite pieces of art. Yeah. <laughs> um, who was it? I, I totally did not get the Seth Dales thing until someone, whoever it was, wrote oh, it. Me fucking like, fucking oh, either. I <laughs> you he, fucking He asked king. me. We were like in this. He's like, do you get why his name is that? Like, no. No? And no. Like, it's an anagram. Because, and I was like, fuck. That's good. Because as you have all said before, the Discord is far smarter than we yeah. are. They're, they're paying so much more attention. <laughs> is it all right if I keep this? Sure. I don't think anybody's going to forget that he's wanted just because it's not hanging on the bounty board. Fold it up and put it in my pocket. Where is this Malone guy seen? What's his deal? Ain't been seen in a long time. I mean, years. Don't know that he's still alive. Don't know if he finally met his maker when he was trying to introduce somebody else to theirs. Nobody has any idea what his fate is. But if you spot him, put him down. Well, thanks for all this information. I think we're going to, you know, head out there, maybe try and track down, maybe see if we can pin down this horseman. How long has he been? seen out and about uh cassidy kind of like leans back thinking and looks at just like some of the other people who have you know been kind of listening and engaging in this conversation and there's like a general like look of contemplation throughout the saloon everybody's like i mean i guess i don't know how long he's been around compared to the first time that he was like spotted or documented or anything i'd say we've been receiving reports of him for nigh on a decade now more than that 20 years or so and like there's a a murmur throughout of like that seems about right and do you all know who he was when he was alive the horseman yeah he's a ghost a ghost yeah I, I guess kind of a weird manifestation of one but he was a person at some point a, a murderer i don't think we know his name but he's a bad guy and now he's a ghost but when he holds things that are of the material plane he becomes kind of corporeal I don't really know how it all works, but he was a human murderer at some point. No, I mean, that's more than I knew. I think you've got more information than us. She starts, like, writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Kim. Yeah? You saw a vision of the horseman when he was alive, right? Y yeah. Why? Do you think you could draw him? I will do my best. Yeah, I just, I figured maybe we can give that to the Iron Striders and see if they can compare it to any records, any old wanted posters. Maybe find out who he was. Yeah. I will pull out my sketchbook, 
flip the page from the uh, artful depiction of Sharp Shot and start drawing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I picture for this. It's just going to end up like the, the leprechaun from the news report. Did you guys ever see that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what this is. It's just like a circle with a hat and some eyes. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> She's like, I used up all my artistic ability in this <laughs> world that I got from being in this world on the <laughs> the handsome guy. Is he cute? Because I can only draw cute people. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I only have artistic mana for cute yeah. people drawings. Uh, yeah, I will draw who became the Wraith, like my vision of him when he was alive. From what you can recall from your vision, you are confident that you put out an accurate representation, an accurate drawing of him. And you hand it over, you hand it to Cassidy, you know, it makes its rounds and nobody recognizes it out of the gate. Um, they let you know that they'll keep it and they can look into it further. Um but at a glance, it doesn't seem to ring anybody's bells. Okay. Yeah, I mean, let us know before we head out of town if you find anything. Otherwise, if we think we've taken care of him, but he shows back up, uh, maybe you'll be able to gather some more information on him. Thank you much. Knowledge is power. Rev, what are you doing in Fort Ghost Hollow? I think I want to go to the place where the Iron Striders are, like, dispatched. You know, I don't know exactly what their setup looks like, but I'm imagining there's some place where people are getting reports and sending out teams so i was thinking like trying to look around there you know we know that something strange happened in silent spring like we know that this guy was appointed mayor everybody kind of knew about it part of the town got blocked off so i want to see if it being in their territory if they know anything about tenpenny mine if anything strange or unusual has happened around there in that kind of same window of time uh with dales okay um yeah so you had to like the dispatch center. How do they get reports? Like, I'm I'm fascinated to know, like, when we get there, is it, are there, like, birds coming in? Or <laughs> it's just, it's arrow, just lizards. Arrow, arrows with messages. <laughs> it's just lizards with letters in their mouth, and they're doing that really fast lizard run, and you have to catch them to get yeah. there. It's just true. Yeah. We put the little postman hat on him, and he'll deliver the letter. <laughs> Tell us about the dispatching, Jake. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I will. Tell me more about these lizards first. Um. <laughs> They're really cute and they move real fast. Some of them shoot blood from their eyes. It's from Nancy Drew and the Curse of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> no, so there is like uh, what is kind of like a mail room, like a mail center where anything that has been like reported, you know, if they receive word through the post, this is where it gets to. Um, and there's just a bank of like higher ups, you know, mm-hmm. offices of some of the higher ranking officials who look through these things, make calls, um, and then dispatch orders. And there is actually like like a mail tube system that like I think you see the first side of when you head into this like dispatch center mm-hmm. that you know probably leads to like the barracks or the mess hall or wherever these people might be. Um, which is really like the first taste of kind of whatever the hell's going on with your train that you've seen so far in this world. Like the first other weird kind of tech yeah. going on here. So it seems kind of bureaucratic is the word i, I want to use mm. like you know there are just a, a, a rank of people who take the mail make decisions on what needs to be addressed and by whom and then they put a tube they put a canister in a tube and it goes to the person who needs to be sent out it's like that episode of futurama where hermes loses a rank in bureaucrat and has to go in it is exactly yes <laughs> okay it is exactly like that and it will be saved by us by, by a fun tune yeah by like a calypso dance <laughs> yes um, so what are you, are you looking to speak to someone or do you want to like look through the records or anything? 
yeah, I think that I would want to talk to somebody trying to dig through. You you never know how someone else organizes all of their like back data. Uh, you go find one of these like middle management esque people in her office. She is looking over documentation on her desk. There is not a good system of organization from what you can tell, like just sheafs of paper all over everything. She's got like three in one hand and seven in the other, and she's looking back and forth between them, uncertain what to do with them. And uh, she looks up as you enter. Uh, can I help you? Authorized personnel only and whatnot. Uh, yes, we have permission to be here from Cassidy Stanhope. Oh, okay. Uh, how can I help you? Sorry, what's your name? Uh, I'm Revington. Nice to meet you. Oh, nice to meet you. I'm uh, Hecker, Isabella Hecker. Oh, nice to meet you, Isabella. Uh, you seem frazzled. Is everything okay? Oh, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff going on everywhere all the time, and I've got to make the decisions on who deals with it or if it is dealt with. And if I decide that it is not dealt with, then that blood is on my hands if I was wrong, and it's just kind of a stressful gig, Revington. Whoa, yeah, that's that's a lot for one person to decide. Well, fortunately, I'm not the only one, uh, and she, like looks back and you can see like there's like a window on her back wall and just like a bunch of these offices uh-huh. with people at desks stretching down the length of the building. Listen, uh, I, I work with some people who have a, a very similar situation. Without you, nobody would be saved. So I don't I don't know if that makes any difference in, in your headspace, but some decisions are better than no one making decisions. I appreciate it. I try to keep that in mind. Yeah. I was curious about was any information, any history you might have on the 10 penny mines um, specifically around, and I'll give her the window of time when um, Seth became mayor. And really, I'm just looking to see if there's been any incidents there, if you've gotten reports from there, if it's you know been closed down or a new group moved into it, um, or I guess even if you've had any reports on it at all. Uh, she stands up and walks over to a big like oak chest of drawers and opens it up, and you can see that it's just full of files. Tenpenny Mines, that's uh, deeper into the flats, closer to Lost Hope. Off the top of my head, I know that it's severely haunted, basically overrun with ghosts, and therefore I don't think anybody really goes there so much anymore. And she flips through some more files, and she pulls out, like, a fairly thin one. Uh, And she opens it up, and she pulls, like, the first page out and hands it to you. And it's kind of like a cover sheet. Like, you know, Ten Penny Mines, what you should know. Uh And it looks like, from what you can see, the rest of what's in that folder are reports. And again, it's thin. It doesn't seem like there are a lot of reports about what's going on there. So what you see is what she just said, Tenpenny Mines, it is mega haunted. I don't really have anything of note within the last year, like you're asking. Um, Occasionally some folks will get stupid and decide that they want to go explore the mines and they're tougher than the ghosts. And I got one of those from a couple months ago. I got one of those from a few years ago. Uh, And I mean, she just hands you the folder. You're able to look through this. Um, Are there any particular details that you are scanning for? I think initially as I'm looking through these, I look back to Isabella and I'm like, if theoretically someone thought that they had to go into these mines, how, how, like what, what do you, if you had to send a group of people in to deal with something, someone got kidnapped or something, is it worth the cost for you to send people in there? I mean, generally, no, not really. It's not worth the cost to interact with at all. And so most people don't, I suppose it would kind of depend on what the scenario was. You know, if it was some grown-up, able-bodied, shithead dumbass who decided he could go in there and fight a ghost, I probably wouldn't waste our people going to find him. But if it was a, a kid who fell down a mine shaft because of bad luck or something, yeah, we'd, we'd deploy for that. Um, I think that's what I'm going to look at in these reports is, you know, who went in and how they got in. Like, does it seem like there's there is an entrance and... They all went this way or, oh, someone like fell through a crack that apparently also goes down to the mines that they didn't know about. Yeah, from what you find, 
the majority of actual reports that come in are people who went in, like, you know, basically the front door, the main entrance to the mines. These were reports written by friends or loved ones, you know, somebody who knew they were going to do this and they haven't come back in a couple days. And in most of those cases, it was determined not to go look for them, that they know the danger in those mines. It's been long enough in the time it took the report to come in. There's almost certainly no way they're still alive. There have been a couple of reports of, like, children who, as you said, they did fall through somewhere that they didn't expect. Um, and, you know, the Iron Striders have noted that just the terrain around the mines is unpredictable, that there were all these cave-ins, and it is generally untread nowadays, so anything weird or unstable is unlikely to be noticed until it's a problem, and, like, somebody steps somewhere they shouldn't, and, oops, the ground isn't sturdy, they go down. There is a particular record, though, of a kid who fell through, and they deployed to go find her. The Iron Striders went in the front, because they weren't sure exactly where she went in. Uh... They go in with iron and rock salt and crosses, like the the common iconography to repel ghosts and undead. Um, and they explain that it was hard fought, that, you know, there's only so much juice coming out of the items they carry on their person to overwhelm the amount of ghosts that are in this place. Uh, but that the kid was alive, uh, that she had fallen through with a rosary. And whether it was something special about the item or... Something special about the kid or a combination thereof, it seemed to be enough of a ward to keep her safe from the ghosts until they were able to recover her and get her back out. How long ago was this report? Uh, that one was about 40 years ago. The person who was rescued is her name on this? Yep, Ella McGlynn. Uh, I want to look back to Isabella and ask her, do you happen to know what happened to Ella, where she was from or where she might live? I think her and her family were from a town fairly near the mines called the Hell Downs. And she makes like a yeesh face at the name. I join her. <laughs> Not a very inspiring term from what I heard. They plan to relocate further away in a place called Pistol Ridge. It's a little bit out closer towards the edge of the anvil. Still here in the flats, though. But trying to get her away from the mines and get sort of a fresh start. All right. Um. Thanks. No problem. And as I'm getting ready to leave, I just want to try and look through this file one more time and see if there's... Anything else I can glean or piece together from the few things that are in it? Uh, as you look over the few remaining documents in this report, um, you know you find a few things. You find a list of the known workers uh, at the time that the mine was up and running. You find an old map of the mine uh, as it used to stand. And you can see by the maps that when the anvil rose, uh, it actually like bisected what was the Ten Penny Mines. So... Part of it is on the anvil, part of it is back down on the surface underground, and the mines just must spill out the side of the anvil somewhere. Like, it must just open up into nothing. And a lot of people died. There were cave-ins, they lost access to the ways up, some of them fell out when the mines split, uh, and so it's just overrun with the ghosts of all of these miners who perished. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. Thank you.
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. Three cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! Solved by Sherlock Bloody Holmes of 221B Baker Street. Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now. God, I wish. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years. The boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend. Sincerely, Martha Hudson. London's number two detective team just became number one. Fox and Stallion. Find us on Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr at 224BBaker or on our website 224BBaker.com. It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck. What's the other 10%? Luck.